Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Matthew chapter 7. It says, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, hear me, whoever hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, you could change that word house and you can put practically anything on it and it would have such powerful significance. It says, built his life on the rock, built his finances on the rock. But, but for our study today, for our case study today, we're going to talk about um, words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his relationship on the rock. Amen? Because if you don't build your relationship on the rock, your relationship will always be rocky. That was good. That was, like, that sounded like I used to rap or something. That... <laughs> now look at this, verse 25, the rain came down, the water came down, the wind blew and hit the house, the house did not fall because it was built on the rock. Whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Verse 27, the rain came, the water came and the wind blew and it hit the house and the house, a.k.a. the relationship, fell and broke apart. I want to also read it, from, read it from the paraphrase version of the Bible, which is written by Eugene Peterson. It's called the Message Translation. It's supposed to read like a story or a book. And in the Message Translation, it reads this way. It says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. In other words, what he's saying is like, this is not like putting salt on your meal. Uh, uh, additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured, the rivers flooded, and a tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. Watch this. It was fixed on the rock. Now, but if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came in, it collapsed like a house of cards. I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's this, A Failed Formula. A failed formula. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, stop following a failed formula. Look at the person on the other side. Tell them, stop following the failed formula. Look at the person behind you. Turn your neck. Look at them. Make eye contact. Send stop following a failed formula. And I think for too, for too long, we've we fall into the pattern, maybe because of society, maybe because of our upbringing. We have been given a formula to follow, and we've perpetually felt, fell victims to this formula when the problem wasn't necessarily you, it was the formula that you were following. 
So again, this title, if you're taking notes, A Failed Formula. You can bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you are doing in this house. Father, I pray for every relationship that, that is here, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that they get all that you have to give them, oh God, unfiltered, uncensored, and it's full capacity, oh God, and it's fullest capacity, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I love you. Amen. And everyone shouts. Come on, give God some praise in this house. Um, uh, how many of you, if, I think that if I were to ask the question, uh, how many of you guys love and enjoy fire, everyone will say, uh, sorry, not me, right? Because, I mean, I wouldn't blame you. Fire has so many negative connotations to it, right? It burns up things. And, and, uh, but as a child, I actually became so in love and enamored with fire. Don't judge me. Um, I, I love the way it looked. Like, you know, it just looked real nice and, and like the flame was real beautiful. And, and I remember the first time I, 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 I was able to know that a match can produce fire. And I started burning stuff. I promise you, this is what I started doing. I started lighting up matches and burning paper and I, ooh, look at the fire. Ooh, this is beautiful. Beautiful fire. I love it. And then I saw my father's library. And I said, ooh, the paper burns and there's a bunch of books here. Guess what I'm going to do? I lit up the match. <laughs> Dad, your library's burning. And of course, he put out the fire, beat me half to death. And, but I didn't learn my lesson because, you know, Hispanics, we don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to beatings. Um, I used to calculate my beatings, you know what I mean? Ah, that's going to be about like 30 minutes of beating. I'll do it anyway. And, and I, I'm telling you, I, I, I lit stuff up. I remember lighting the whole garbage can on fire. That thing just lit up. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking about like I'm like 9, 10 years old. While my parents were sleeping, I was just lighting stuff. But praise the Lord, now I'm lighting people on fire for Jesus. Hey! Shandolobo. Anyway, that helps me feel good at night. Um, but, but Lisa loves fire, and fire loves Lisa. And uh, Lisa has a love and hate relationship with fire. And what do I mean by that? Lisa, Lisa needs fire because Lisa could cook. Like, I love Lisa because she finesses the cook. You know what I mean? Like, she, I'm telling you, she comes, like, you want pork chops? Lisa will kill the pig, fillet the pig, turn on the pan, throw some butter, adobo, sazon, sofrito, is done. Boom, done. Pork chops, best pork chops you'll ever have. If you're a vegan, taste one of those pork chops. You're good. I'm not only the president, I am a client. <laughs> and so, um, Lisa has a love relationship with fire because she needs it to cook. And uh, she has a, a hate relationship with fire because she has about 238 burn marks on her arms and hands. You know what I mean? And I, I'm telling you, the other day, Joe was at my house and she literally, and I tell her this, I'm like, yo, I cook every day and I never get burned. I know one day he's going to catch up to me. I know that. Just because I'm making fun of Lisa. Like, I know that because I always, I'm like, you cut yourself again, didn't you? Like, you cut yourself more than you was in Brooklyn, like, fighting in the streets. Like, what happened here? <laughs> and uh, she burns herself. She has, like, 23 burn marks. 
And this is what my thought was. Isn't it interesting that the same fire that is a blessing to Lisa is the same fire that burns Lisa? I thought about that when it came to relationships because when it comes to relationships, let's be honest, the same fire, the same thing that can be a blessing to us is the same thing that can burn us. I, I like this quote that, that um, uh, I found here on the internet, and it says this, the same fire that cooks a meal for us may be the same fire that cooks a meal for us may burn you. And it is no fault of the fire if it does so. The difference lies in the way in which I use it. The way in which it is used. And that hit me because depending on what foundation we've built our relationship on, will dictate whether our hearts are on fire because we're cooking up peace and because we, or we have love on the grill or, or we have joy on the grill or it could be our heart is on fire because the fumes and the smoke of our hurt is still in the air and the smoke of our past is still visible for us to see. So when we talk about our heart on fire, it's the same fire that can bless you is the same fire that can burn you depending on what foundation you've built your house on. And I think that, again, when we talk about a failed formula, the hope and desire of this series is that we begin to learn how to stop following the failed formula. My prayer for this series is that we will stop following the failed formula. Stop following things that will only lead us to failure. Stop following things that by themselves will only lead us to a dead end. And, and, and a formula is this. This is what a formula is. A formula is, is a set of instructions or a set of uh, like a recipe or uh, items that would lead to an ultimate end. This is what a, it's like a prescription. And part of this failed formula is this first thing. Get ready for this. Ready? Number one, write this down. I need to find the right person. I just need to find Mr. Right. I just need to find Mrs. Right. I, oh, I just need to find my soul mate. Oh, I just need, to, I need to him to be tall, dark, and handsome, and good looking. I need, I need her to be so fly, and I need her to love me and tend to me. I need to find, find Mr. or Mrs. Right. I need to find the right person. Let's be honest, ain't nobody here looking for the wrong person. Right? Like, ain't nobody here looking for the wrong person. And, and, if, and you, we're thinking, like, can I just find, I need just to find the perfect person. I need to find a person that can take care of me. And we're, we're looking for them, and we're looking for them. This is why we're on social media. Why are we on social media? Because we're looking for the right person. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know you're looking for the right person. You're looking at who liked your picture. And if he didn't like your picture, your life is ruined. Right? Or if she didn't look at your story, like you look at the people who look at your story. And there's people you care about and there's people you don't care about. And you want to make sure that the person that you want, that person to be the right person for you is looking at that story. And if he, and he, oh, when you see that he looked at your story, your heart is at peace. Like, thank you, Jesus. He looked at my story. I saw, I saw Drew looked at my story. Meanwhile, he just skipped to the next person. He just swiped. He was like, oh, I went to that one by accident. Right, right? Like, 
You search it. You search it. Jew, you know I was telling the truth. That was like, nah, I didn't even look at just, I just swiped the wrong way. Um, you spitting out here Christian game. Why? Because you're looking for the right person. You find, I need to find the right person. And that's part of the failed formula is that we think we need to find the right person. So we out here spitting, even we, we Christianize our game like, hey, you know why Solomon had 700 wives? Because he didn't find you. Excuse me, is your name Esther? Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought that God chose you for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. How many times do I got to walk around you for you to fall in love with me? <laughs> that when it comes to relationships operating from this preconceived notion that is destined for failure is thinking that you need to find the right person like here's what you need to understand when it comes to relationships is that there's no such thing as a right person I love I love I love when people tell me oh my god you uh, Lisa is perfect for you what you guys, oh, you guys, you guys are meant to be. Me and Lisa look at, what? You don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean we're meant to be? No, we, we didn't, we're not, we were, we, were, we were nowhere near the right person for each other. We had to become the right person. And here's, what, here's the antidote to this. Instead of focusing on finding the right person, why don't you learn how to become the right person? <laughs> See, wouldn't it be awesome if the wouldn't it be awesome if the Bible gave us step by step on how to find the right person? When you look at the Bible, Pastor Rowe, what does the Bible say about finding the right person? Here's what I want to let you know. The Bible doesn't say much about how to find the right person. But here's what the Bible says over and over and over and over again. It teaches you through every passage, through every chapter, through every verse, not how to find the right person, but how to become the right person. And when you focus your life on how to become the right person, it changes even your approach on relationships. So what if we became the person we're looking for is looking for? See, I I think so many times we're consumed, even like we're, we're, we're so focused on finding the right one that we lose sight on who God has called us to become. And instead of becoming the right person, we become focused on finding the right person. And when even, and why? Because if I find the right person, I know that I'm going to be good. Oh man, that's all I need. I need just to find the right one for me. I need the right, find the perfect one. Because once I find them, I'm going to be good. That's all I need. I'm good. And, and, and you miss out on who God has called you to become through the process. So I don't, I don't want to approach relationships from the perspective I need to find the right person for me. I need to become the right person for whoever I'm going to be with. Because when you become the right person, you, you change your entire approach even on stepping into relationships. Why? Because you know who you are. 
And when you know who you are, you'll know what you want. But when you don't know who you are, you will never know what you want. And so then you'll start just sizing people up and you'll just, oh, oh, I'm just going to keep Jose right here. He's going to be on the sidelines. You know what I mean? He's going to be good right here. And then I'm going to have Tariq right here. Tariq right here. You know, he's giving me a little likes on my social media. And then I'm going to have Fernando right here. And then I keep them all at bay to see which one will be right for me. But I don't even know who. over and over again looking for the right person and it's like it's like wanting a car before you know how to drive and you're over God give me a car and God is saying excuse me uh, how about you learn how to drive first I, 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 I'm telling you when I see people get into relationships I tell you man I'm like you don't need you need a like four-year degree to get into a relationship like you need, you need, uh, we need some schooling on relationships because from the moment we are born, it's like we, we, we were created to be in relationship, but it doesn't mean we need to be in a relationship that is romantic and that will affect us, affect us emotionally. And so I remember like you, you're 10 years old talking about, oh, you know, I just want a girlfriend. I want a boyfriend. Listen, you need to know how to brush your teeth and wipe your behind first. Okay. Right. Let's be honest, you're 17 years old, 18 years old, and you're looking for a relationship. It's like you're getting behind a wheel without ever knowing how to drive, without ever, like you don't know how to be there for your, for your girlfriend because it becomes a status thing. And so you're focused on finding the right one, and you lose out the rest of your life on becoming who God has called you to become. Number two I want to give you is this. This is, this is a failed, this is a failed formula. It's... I need to feel something. I need to feel love. I need to feel goosebumps. Pastor, I just, I just want that when I, when, when, I, when, I, when I look at him, that I feel the, just the, you know, pastor, please. I want to I wanna feel the goose. I want to feel the butterflies. And I just want to feel it. <laughs> Can I be honest? Feelings are fickle. Feelings are fickle. I remember the first, I'm telling you, I remember the first girl that I started liking. Like, I liked her. And, I, and, and it wasn't even her. She just sat next to me. I was one of those guys that if I spent enough time with you, I started liking you. Anyhow. She's like, don't come close to me. She's like, I just started liking you. So I remember Jennifer Rodriguez, right? She said, second grade, second grade, second grade, relax. Relax, all right, relax. Second grade, second grade, she's right there. What, divorce court, is that divorce court? Um, second grade, I remember, I would, uh, I would wake up every morning, brush my teeth, get ready. We, you know, just, I liked her. I just, had, I just had these feelings that I developed for her, and so I was excited to go to school because I was going to see Jennifer, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to sit next to her. Yeah. Until I saw the second grader, Jennifer, eat her boogers. Guess what happened to those feelings? They're gone. Disappeared. They're gone. Why? Because feelings are fickle and a healthy relationship is not built upon feelings. 
He's like, I, I, just need to, I just need to be in love. And, and let me tell you, like, what's sad is that pop culture doesn't help us. Let's be honest, right? Don't you ever hear those songs that you just want to feel what they feel? And, I just, and they set us up for failure because you know what we do? We just, want, we, we just want to feel what they feel. Like, you know, like, I just want to feel. I want to feel. My head's underwater. I'm feeling fine. You're crazy, but I'm out of my mind. Cause all of me hear this ludicrous stuff. Want all of you love your curves and all your edges. Listen, all your perfect imperfection. Give your all to me. I give my all to you. Hear this. You're my end and my beginning. Look at this crazy stuff. Even when I lose, I'm winning. And I give you. John Legend sleeps on a bed of lies. Liar! Just lies. I listen to you, my end and my beginning. Even when I lose, I'm winning. Liar! <laughs> my head's underwater, but I'm feeling fine. And we sing this stuff. We look into each other's eyes. What are we on? We're high on this fabricated notion of love. And here's the truth. I want to give you some insight, especially right now. If you're, if you're, if you're approaching a relationship, if you're in a relationship, this stage of infatuation and in love really just deals with two to two years two months to two years that, that's it like all relationships get past the infatuation stage by two years as early as two months and what happens is if we don't know how to function and operate outside of this intoxication of infatuation then what happens oh now we I'm just not in love anymore. I, I, this, is, this is over. I'm, I'm, I'm not done. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you know, I don't love her. He doesn't love me. I don't, she doesn't, I'm, I'm done here. And, and why? Because we think, that, we think that it's about a feeling. And so I need that feeling. And if I don't get that feeling, guess what? I need to move on now to the next relationship until I get that feeling again. And we never move past, most relationships break up even at, at two years. Why? Because I don't got the feeling. And, and what happens also is that after the two years, you begin to learn who the person really is. But it's not that you learn who the person really is. What happens is, is that you are no longer intoxicated by that feeling, so now you can see clearly. That's why I always say, like, when, when you talk about a relationship, when, when it comes to um, a relationship, I always talk about how that person treats their family. Because you know what happens is like when you're in love, when you're in that in love stage, you begin to like see things blur, like a blur. Like you, you don't see things as clear as you should. And so I often say, look at the way he treats 
his mom. Why? Because he loves his mom, but because he has normalized his mom and he's not obsessed with his mom, he's going to treat her the way he would treat someone he loves. Well, after the infatuation stage, when you are normalized by her and you are normalized by him, guess what happens? He'll start treating you the same way he treats people that he loves that he's already normalized. And so guess what? When, you, when he's angry, marriage does the same. You know what marriage does? is a magnifier. If he's angry as you're dating him, marriage only magnifies that. If, he can't be, if she can't be faithful while she's dating you, guess what happens? Marriage is only a magnifier. If, he, if she's greedy while you're dating, she's going to be greedy when you're married. Oh, I just know if we get married, I'm just, he's just going to change. No! No! And so again, I, I, when we look at the perspective, it's, it's not just a feeling. Now, so what happens, Pastor Rod, I just, we need passion in our relationship. No, you don't. You need this. Uh, this is the antidote to this. Learn how to walk in your purpose. So what matters more isn't how, isn't if you have passion for one another, but if you are walking in purpose before you are walking together. Ooh. There's a difference between chemistry and calling. And you're looking for chemistry and God is saying, are you walking in your calling? And so often, this is what we do, we, 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 we want to feel in love and we want this, this relationship and, and we want, we want uh, our, our spouse to, to be with us and we're looking for that and if we don't find it, we move on to the next thing. But what about the purpose and calling that God has given you? See, see you want to be the kind of person that you're so connected to what God is doing that the only place you could be found by another person is if that person is in God's heart the way you are. You want to be the kind of person that you're running after God in such a way that the only way you can meet somebody is that if you look to your right and you look to your left, you're going to be able to find that person right there to your left and to your right. Not all the way behind you, but a person that's running in the same direction that you're going. So many times, you know what happens is that we fall in love with people that are moving in the complete opposite direction that God is taking us. But if you learn how to walk in your purpose, then you begin to understand that the only person that God has for me or the person that I'm supposed to be with is a person that is headed in the same direction as I am. The person that's moving in the same, one of the things that Lisa and I, before we even got in a relationship was this, hey, are we headed in the same direction? Are we moving in the same motion? Are we moving forward? Because many times is what happens is, is that we're not operating, operating in our calling. And we're dating. And can I talk to the men for, 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 for a second? Can I talk to the men, fellas? Yes. Fellas? Can I talk to the men for a second? God has given us a responsibility to be leaders when we are in relationship. And many times what we, what we want to do is that we want submission from our significant other we want submission because the Bible, oh, the Bible says that you are to submit to your husband the word sub means to come up under mission means a purpose so when we talk about submission the, the idea is this are, 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 are you do you even have a mission for someone to come under because here's the truth like, like I, I can't help to think like 
there's, there's, there's men that want to test the market but have no mission. That you're on Instagram taking 130 pics but you have no mission. That you want to see how many fish are in the sea but you have no mission. That you're out here playing video games all day but you have no mission. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But do you have a mission? Am I preaching to anybody here today? <laughs> look, at what, look at what the Bible says. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. I can't even, I can't even explain it. Pastor, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love the Lord and all that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And, you know, I was at the club last night. And I met this girl. You know what I mean? She was gorgeous, you know what I mean? But I'm going to bring it to, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to give it a Bible study. You're going to give it a what? I'm going to bring it to community group. I'm going to get her saved. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister to her, you know what I mean? I'm going to do all, I, like, hold on. Are you headed in the right direction together? Are you headed in the right direction together? Oh, pastor, um, I met this guy. Oh, like, he's like so awesome. He has a great job. I love his car. Oh my God, he has an awesome career. It's fantabulous. Uh, you know, he's not into the whole God thing, but you know, we got to secure. What? I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. Like, the most foundational thing about relationship is where. On what foundation? Is it founded on the rock? And guess what? If that person is not in the same plant, if he's planted on the sand and you're planted on the rock, then you have a divided home. And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Amos chapter 3 verse 3, can two walk together unless they agree? I don't know about you, but I want to run after God. I don't know about you, but if I'm, in, if I'm in a relationship, man, I want to be able to run. I told Lisa, I said, Lisa, all I'm at, this is before we got married. We were engaged. I said, Lisa, I just want to run. I just want us to run after God's heart. And I just want somebody that can keep up with me. And by the grace of God, the person that held my hand and never let go is the person I'm running with right now. And I pray for every one single, every person here. Every person here. I pray that we can run after God and walk. Don't worry about a relationship right now. Stop looking for a shorty. Stop looking for a person. Stop looking for a girlfriend. Stop looking for, oh, I just need to make sure my relationship is right. I need to make my situation. No, Lowe's, chase after God. And when you're chasing, I told this to Reuben. I said, Reuben, chase after God. Chase after God. Chase after God. And what happened? God took a girl from Florida who was chasing after God, brought her to New York, Just chase after God. I told Ronnie, Ronnie came here and moved from Brooklyn. He moved from Brooklyn to Staten Island. Guess what? I said, Ronnie, he was talking to me. I was like, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I, Pastor Rose, sometimes I feel lonely. I said, bro, chase after God. He brought a girl from Patterson, New Jersey, who moved to Staten Island to fulfill her purpose here at Kuha. Guess what? He's getting married in two weeks. I allow Chase after God. When you begin to walk in your purpose, you know that you'll connect with the person that's also walking in their purpose. 
Bible says don't be unequally yoked, which means this. Is, it doesn't mean that just because they're in church, they belong to you or, the, or that's the person for you. No, that's the foundation. The foundation is that the person needs to follow after God. It's like, oh, this person broke my heart. Yeah, because that person was broken. Oh, this person hurt me. Yeah, because that person is hurt. And hurt people hurt people. They're only doing who they, from where they live from. But if I chase after God, if I run after him, if I sink myself in the heart of God, then the person that wants to be with me has to be sunk in into the heart of God. Because if they are not sunk into the heart of God, they're not even in front of my face. But because you have this open, unbounded view that anyone is a potential candidate, no. The only people that are potential candidates or are potential potential candidates when I'm single is the people that are in the heart of God the same way I am. Am I helping someone today? This is creeping in right now. So you're, you being unequally yoked is, maybe you're in a relationship right now already. Pastor Rowe, am I supposed to break up? No, maybe you're, maybe you are, if you're in a marriage in particular, if you're married, I want to talk to you because you might feel like you're unequally yoked. You might feel, don't look, don't look at them now. I'm just saying. No, no, but, but, but here's what the Bible says, and I'll give you this truth. Here's what the Bible says. Look how powerful you following after God is. The Bible says this to the wife. The, wife, the Bible says that if the wife is married to an unbeliever, Right? Because maybe she got married to the unbeliever and then she got saved, right? Or vice versa. The Bible says that her model, her way of life can transform her spouse. I want to live in such a way that even if I'm in a relationship with someone because of my decision, my, pre, my, my decision before I served God, or maybe I just, I, I didn't know, I didn't have this information. That person, I, I, I want to be able to live in such a way that they got to be like, the God you serve is real. The God you serve is real because I remember when you used to respond this way, you used to act like this, you used to behave like this. But I, I need to know, I need to know what you're on. And this is why we have that was good, right? She she like that was so good. That was so good. Amen. Um <laughs> this is why. Can I be honest? This is why we, we do what we do as a church. Because we want, we're not looking for people, we're not going to give you a class on how to find the right one, but we're going to help you become the right one. We're not going to give you a class on how you, how do you discover passion in your relationship. And I need, chemi I need to know if we're sexually compatible. No, you don't. <laughs> sexually compatible. Te meto un puño en la cara. No, you don't. I need to, what? I need to test the car before, I need to give it a test drive. What? You're, you're deducing a relationship to a car that you're going to purchase at a dealership and you got to test it? Guess what? When you do that, this is how you're entering. When I go into a car dealership to buy a car, I'm not looking for the other person's interests at heart. 
I'm looking for my best interest. That's not how you approach a relationship. You don't approach a relationship. Let me see, let me see how, how, how this person, so this chemistry idea, no, we're not going to teach you how to find chemistry in a relationship, but we're going to teach you how do you walk in your purpose. And the third thing and the last thing I want to give you today, and I pray this helps somebody today, is this, is, is, is that we have fell under this notion that I need someone who can fix my issues. Yeah, let, let's be honest. Like, we, we're, no one's ever going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm in a relationship with someone to fix my issues. But here's how we do. We function this way. Why? Because we don't know who we are. We get involved in a relationship. And now we want that person to tolerate the stuff that we do. I got issues. You got them too. Hear this. Give them all to me and I'll give mine to you. No, you could keep yours. Watch this. Bask in the glory. All of my problems, cause we got the kind of love it takes to solve them. No, you don't. I got issues, you got them too. That's it. That's it. That's where it stops. And what we're looking for is an Enrique Iglesias. I can be your hero, baby. Watch this. I can kiss away the pain, liar. This is what we are looking for. We are looking for someone to be our hero baby. Someone to kiss away the pain. And when they don't meet that expectation, we go and find someone else who can, we can put this burden on. And instead of relationships being a blessing to us, they end up being what burns us the most and leaves us with emotional third degree burns in our lives that will continuously be what we feel for ages. Because here's what happens, and as the worship team comes up, here's what happens. What we are dealing with is not marriage problems or relationship problems. I love when people come up to me and they say, I got marriage issues. I got relationship issues. And you know what I've discovered? That you don't have marriage issues, you don't have relationship issues. You got single person issues. See, what has happened is that you have brought someone so close to your emotional proximity that now you are able to blame them for the problem that you've always had. And so I've discovered in relationships that my problem wasn't that Lisa and I were having problems is that Lisa was causing, was bringing out the problems that I always possess on the inside of me. And so what the easy, the easiest thing to do is blame Lisa. The easiest thing to do is look at her and say, you're my problem, you got issues. And of course she was always humble and submissive and calm. She's like, yes, Pastor Rao. No, you see how she worships? That's how she fights. You don't see her talking to Drew over here? I'm up there. Drew, sing it. Sing it, Drew. That's how she fights. <laughs> a 
And the easiest thing for me to do is to blame her. You're, you're the reason I got issues, because I'm good. But what happens is that when you're in a relationship, you bring someone so close to your heart. And then you have this expectation of them bringing you happiness. You have an expectation of them being the source of your peace. Oh, you complete me. And what I'm saying is that you're, if you're putting the burden on someone else to complete you, and you're putting the burden on someone else to make you happy, and you're putting the burden on someone else to bring you joy and peace, I'm telling you, you are following a failed formula. I love this woman. She doesn't complete me. She adores me. I don't complete her. She'll be the first to tell you. I'll be like, who's your master? She's like, Jesus. <laughs> we'd be wrestling. We'd be wrestling. We'd be going at it. I'll be, like, be like, say uncle. Say I'm your king. Jesus, Jesus. That's how it is. Why? Because we have fallen under this persuasion that I need you to complete me. No. She doesn't complete me. Can I read it to you? Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Look what it says. And because you belong to your husband, you are complete. Wait, that doesn't say that. And because you belong to your wife, you are complete. No. And because you belong to Christ, you are complete. Having everything you need. You need joy, you can find it in Christ. You need peace, you can find it in Christ. You need comfort, you can find it in Christ. You need tranquility, you can find it in Christ. You need love, you can find it in Christ. You need someone to complete you, you can find it in Christ. So hear me, I think, I think that even right now, like we need to understand, like I need to deal with my issues and not make it someone else's responsibility. So what do I need to do? This last thing is I need to learn how to live complete in Christ. I need to learn how to live complete in, see I know that we know we are complete in Christ, but I need to learn how to live out my completion in Christ. I know, I know that we, we know this, like, I, yeah, I learned this. I know that we're, that's what the scriptures say, but I need to learn how to live out. So I don't need to find, I don't need to feel, I don't need to, I don't need to seek these things. I don't need someone to fix me. I need to learn how to not find the right one, but I need to learn how to become the right one. I don't need to, to learn, I don't, I don't need to feel something. I don't need to feel chemistry. I need to learn how to walk in my purpose. I don't, I don't need someone to fix me. I need to learn how to live in Christ. James chapter 4 verse 1 says, Do you know where your fights and your arguments come from? Do you know? 
know where your arguments and your fights come from? Do you see that your spouse is not the problem? Do you see that your husband is not the, do you see that your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they're not the problem? Do you see it? They come from the selfish desires that make war on the inside of you. It's so easy to create an enemy on the outside of us, but how difficult it is to deal with the enemy inside of me. It's not that he's disappointing me. It's not that she's disappointing me. It's that why do I keep being attracted to people that will always disappoint me? I need to deal with that. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.